0: Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Go For Two podcast. I am your host, Cargo. And uh, once again, guys, like we've been kind of going through each division and breaking down each team, kind of what happened last year. Go over the numbers and see what that team did in the offseason. Uh, Whether it was free agency, the draft, uh, see if they did enough to possibly win their division. And uh, this division we're going to be doing today is the uh, AFC South, which is going to be a really good one. Um, Just really quick before I get started, guys, um, I know that the uh, audio has been a little bit uh, not great. Uh, I've had a couple of issues with my laptop, so I'm having to record everything on my phone. Um, You know, you just got to roll with the punches right now, and uh, hopefully soon I'll have that fixed. Uh, Low-quality audio, high-quality content, guys. I promise you that. A lot of players in the NFL right now are deciding to opt out, which is really interesting. And I'm going to do my absolute best to make sure that I'm keeping these roster redos as updated as possible guys. So, um, and then, yeah, just last thing really guys is uh, we're about 40 days away from the first game of the NFL season. And it's going to be the Houston Texans against the Kansas city chiefs. And it's a perfect segue right into the first team that we're going to be doing for the AFC South. I'm going down to Houston, the Houston Texans. I just left Houston. I just left. All right. If you know, you know, okay? So um, let me go ahead and just jump right into this one. Uh, the Houston Texans uh, last year went 10-6. They were the uh, division winners. They were first in the AFC South. Uh, they were. Uh, they played that great game against the Buffalo Bills, and then they went on next week to play the Kansas City Chiefs, and we all really just kind of know what happened there. Uh, their head coach, Bill O'Brien, is going into his fifth season As a head coach and uh, general manager as well. Uh, Offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, is going into his first season as an OC. He was the tight ends coach last year. Romeo Cornell, sixth season, third is the the defensive coordinator with the Houston Texans. He's also uh, the assistant head coach. And um, looking at what they did offensively last year, uh, great season all the way around. They averaged 23.6 points a game, which was 14th best in the NFL. 362 yards of total offense, 13th best in the NFL. They averaged 236 yards through the air, which was 15th best in the NFL. And then uh, 125 yards on the ground per game, which was 9th best in the NFL. And then obviously, this, uh, sorry, that's uh, the sound of this ice cold, refreshing Red Bull. Thank you to our sponsors at Red Bull. Just kidding. They are led by their fearless leader, Deshaun Watson. Completed 67.3% of his passes last year. Threw for 3,800 yards, 13th best in the NFL, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions sacked 44 times last year the ground game led by your boy Carlos Hyde who yes he rushed for over a thousand yards last year yes even he can rush for a thousand yards cough cough Ezekiel Elliott (coughs) Uh, which was 13th best in the NFL Uh, got into the end zone six times last year Also, Duke Johnson uh, rushed for over 400 yards and caught for over 400 yards last year. Their leading receiver um, who has exited the building in Houston, DeAndre Hopkins, 150 targets, 104 receptions, tied for third in the NFL, 1,100 yards, receiving 11th best, seven touchdowns to go along with it. Uh, the second leading receiver was Will Fuller, the fifth, with 71 targets, 49 receptions, 670 yards receiving, only three touchdowns in 11 games. Uh, Kenny Stills, over 500 yards receiving, four touchdowns in 13 games. Looking at what they did on defense, uh, this was not a great defense last year, to say the least. Uh, gave up 24.1 points a game, uh, 19th best in the NFL. They gave up 388 yards of total offense per game, which was 28th best in the NFL. Through the air, gave up 267 yards, 29th best, and they gave up 121 yards on the ground, 25th best. Only 31 sacks, which was at the bottom. Of the NFL. Only 12 interceptions. A 17th best. So what the Houston Texans. Kind of did in the offseason. First the players they've added. Uh, Brandon Cooks via trade. David Johnson via trade. Randall Cobb through free agency. And Eric Maria safety. Um, some guys they've lost. Obviously DeAndre Hopkins. Who we'll kind of get into here in a second. Uh, defensive tackle DJ Reader has a left to Cincinnati. Lamar Miller, running back, Taj Gibson, a safety. In the Houston Texans, um, you know, even, you know, you could even add Laramie Tunsil to that list of key additions. Um, obviously, gave that offensive line a big lift, uh, which is the reason why the Houston Texans won't have a first round pick. This year or next year. So they started their draft in uh, day two, round two. Their first pick was Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle out of TCU. In the third round, they got Jonathan Grignard, outside linebacker, edge rusher out of Florida. In the fourth round, they had a couple of picks. Charlie Heck, offensive tackle from North Carolina. In the fourth round, they also got John Reed, corner out of Penn State, and then in the fifth round, they took Isaiah Coulter, wide receiver, out of Rhode Island. You know, just uh, really quick, you know, I guess talking about that Chiefs game last year, just, uh, you know, obviously they went up, I believe it was 26 points at half. Um, It's nothing to be embarrassed about, just because I think this just speaks volumes to the Kansas City Chiefs and what kind of team they really are, because, you know – when you're like a running team and you fall behind, you're not really used to slinging the ball a hundred times. But when you're like a passing team, like the Kansas city chiefs, you know, you're essentially playing from behind from beginning to end. So it's kind of easier throwing the ball when you're playing from behind. than if you are trying to keep a lead, if that makes sense. Um, So Bill O'Brien has gotten a lot of criticism for the uh, trades he's made, but I'm trying to look at it from uh, a different type of perspective. When you have a guy that you really want, essentially you will have to give up more for that guy you want because somebody else has them. And a lot of capital has been, you know, traded away, essentially. And I think it's kind of starting to show on this team, you know. uh, Right now, I'm going to kind of get into the roster just a little bit and just kind of how it's, you know, the the lack of depth that some of these positions is kind of starting to show. And, you know, Bill O'Brien is a guy on offense who wants to run the ball. Um, I think, you know, he was able to kind of show that with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson last year when they were, you know, top, top 10 and rushing with, you know, Carlos Hyde and, and Duke Johnson. You know, the, you know, those are not familiar names. You know, they are familiar, but not familiar as far as, you know, guys who put up big numbers. And for the Houston Texans, they probably have the toughest four-game stretch of the season in the beginning of the season. So, obviously, they start off on Thursday night against the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Then they play Baltimore, Minnesota, and then Tennessee. So, really, really tough teams to go ahead and start the season with. And I'm really – so, with this Houston Texans, I'm going to start off with the offensive line, obviously, Laramie Mutantzl. Was a key acquisition for the Houston Texans. He's really helped improve that offensive line. Titus Howard uh, starting to come to, into his own. So hopefully another year together will build some more continuity. Uh, just because I think every team in this division of the AFC South is gonna want to run the ball. Like everybody wants to run the ball, and I think every every team in this division has a really good offensive line. Now, is this as good as, you know, maybe the Indianapolis Colts? Definitely not. But the way they're building that offensive line, and they're going to want to run the ball. And the guy who's going to be running the ball for the Houston Texans is the David Johnson, who, let's not forget, a couple of years ago, was right there in the category with Le'Veon Bell. It was David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell. Who are you going to take first overall in your fantasy football leagues? And uh, over the last couple of years, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. I think that David Johnson, if he can come in and be healthy, he could be productive in this offense. With all of those targets that have been vacated by DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of them will go to David Johnson, who I think is still a capable back, but he has to stay healthy. There's just no way to uh, predict if a player is going to be healthy. We usually like to go off like injuries and, you know, oh, this guy had this type of injury. But he hasn't had any, you know, detrimental injuries. So um, I like the addition of David Johnson. What they had to give up to get him I don't think was worth it. But I think um, he's going to be able to take a lot of pressure off uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, Like I said, Bill O'Brien wants to run the ball. And then, you know, looking at this receiving core – It's got a lot of question marks, you know, obviously last year, they had a lot of injuries at wide receivers. So guys like Kiki QT and DeAndre Carter had to be, you know, the guys that stepped up. And a lot of these receivers they have, you know, are are, uh, speed guys, you know, I'm I'm looking at Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, and then, you know, even kind of smaller guys like Randall Cobb. So it's going to be interesting to see how they split up these catches. But I believe I believe in Deshaun Watson. He's a great decision maker with the ball. So it's going to have a little bit of the Calvin Johnson megatron effect for them here where not necessarily they're going to be trying to get the ball to one guy, but, you know, they're going to have, I think, playmakers all over the field. And if Brandon Cooks and Wolf Fuller, who hasn't been able to finish a season since he got into the league, if they can stay healthy – You know, I I have more faith in David Johnson than I do in some of these wide receivers as far as, you know, finishing the season. So it's just going to be I have to have to wait and see with these wide receivers. Um, Very explosive guys. um, If they can stay on the field. And then, you know, of course, with Deshaun Watson, I just think he's special. You know, if the team does have a chance this year, it's going to be on him, you know, to make these these uh spectacular plays. And, you know, they're trying to take more pressure off him, but by getting rid of a guy like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like uh, that's not really necessarily helping him out. You know, of course they could have drafted a running back in the draft if they really wanted to. Um, maybe somebody just as good as David Johnson, if not possibly better in the near future. So, you know, Deshaun Watson, like I said, man, he's absolutely special. You know, I remember when he was at Clemson playing for the national championship against Alabama, I actually bet on Alabama and Deshaun Watson showed me uh, why he's the guy. And so, like I said, Deshaun Watson, I think could have an MVP type season because I think he's going to have to do so much in this offense. So I'm um, looking over at the defense. You know, I'm just – I'm looking at some of these – you know, looking at this defensive line. Uh, I really like the pick of Ross Blacklock. I think he's uh, a phenomenal talent. He's kind of like that late first-round kind of guy. So they got him in the second round. I think that's where he is, a second-round guy. Uh, just to add some youth to this defensive line here because J.J. Watt, also a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries. He missed eight games last season, was fortunate enough to come into the playoffs and kind of help lead that team to a a playoff victory. But after, you know, J.J., you know, who's the other guy that's going to step up? You know, is it Carlos Watkins, Timmy Jernigan? Uh, We don't really know. You know, looking at this linebacking core, um, this is probably the the strength of their team. Whitney Merciless, who's just been so consistent over the last couple of years, uh, needs some help on the other side. So we'll see if, you know, Jonathan Greenyard, a guy they got in the third round out of Florida, can, you know, supply some extra uh, rush with Whitney and J.J. And then two really good inside linebackers in Zach Cunningham and Bernard Rick McKinley, uh, those guys are two studs on defense. And then the secondary is really where this team struggled last year. Uh, so many guys were in and out of the rotation. And I just look at some of these guys, and a lot of these guys are, you know, former first-round picks, you know, Bradley Roby, Garnon Colony, Vernon Hargraves third. Um. Even Lonnie Johnson Jr. Uh, was a high draft pick last year. So coming from new teams, you know, I think they're going to be better this year. These are guys that, you know, you can lock up one-on-one. I just think since they're coming from different teams, the, the teams that drafted them kind of, you know, let them go. So maybe their confidence was just a little bit hurt. So they just played a little bit timid, a little bit scared, but um, I think this year they can, if they can, you know, kind of get it together. I think those are really, really talented players. Um, look out for John Reed. I've, I've watched this guy out of Penn State. They drafted him in the fourth round. I think he can play. Um, I think he's uh, maybe possibly a guy who can slip into safety as well. Um, he's kind of a longer, bigger uh, corner, and I think he'd probably be better suited at safety. You know, looking at the safety position, Justin Reed, who's a uh, emerging star you know, in that back end is the guy who's going to have to make sure that everybody's in the right position. You know, we'll, we'll see who's going to be opposite of him, whether it's John Reed or Jalen Watkins, Eric Murray. So it's going to be a, a defense that, you know, we're going to see what Romeo Connell can do. Um, like I said, I just feel like there's so many holes and it's just because of the lack of draft picks that they've had over the year. And I feel like that will hurt them, you know, you know, in the long run, really, because this is a team that I don't think is, is ready to make a Super Bowl run. You know, I think they have a chance to win the AFC South, but I'm not going to pick them to win the AFC South. And I'm sorry. I have a lot of friends that are from Houston and they are diehard Houston, Texas fans. And when they hear this, they're, they're I'm, man, I'm not going to hear the end of it. Uh, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, just. Too many holes on defense, uh, too many injuries, too many questions as far as skill positions on offense and uh, defense, you know, other than J.J., you know, I don't know who's really going to step up, you know, J.J.'s one of those guys who's just getting older and having to deal with more and more injuries, and this is a really tough division, you know, I think it's going to be really close, just because I feel like the Titans... um, Although they didn't lose anything, they kept their core players. Um, we'll have another year together, and continuity is everything in the NFL. The Colts, obviously, I think they got better with adding Philip Rivers, and then Jacksonville's still a very competitive team. You know, this is a uh, Garnett Minshew's year, so you know I'll kind of talk about him here in in the next episode. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Houston Texans definitely going to be competitive. They're a team that definitely can sneak into the wild card. Um, and if they do, it's going to be, have to be on Deshaun Watson's shoulder. So look out for Deshaun Watson to actually have a big, big year for the Houston Texans. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Go for Two podcast. I'm your host, Cargo. It is July 31st. Uh, We are about to go into August. Uh, It's a beautiful Friday here in San Antonio. I'm here in my apartment with my dog, Tyson. He's just kind of taking a nap on the couch here. Um, You know, once again, guys, this is uh, kind of the uh, roster redo breakdowns. We're looking at what happened last year, kind of going through the stats, through the numbers, and then looking at what the teams did in the offseason, whether it was free agency, the draft, uh, to see if they've done enough to win their division, and I just finished doing the Houston Texans and the AFC South, and um, we're doing a really good one right here with the Indianapolis Colts of last year, um, and then before I kind of get started, um, like I said, guys, I've apologize for the quality. It is not great. I'm having to record off my phone and I'm having problems with my laptop uh, technology. It's great when it works, but when it doesn't, it's, it's a headache. Uh, but you know, we're, we're low quality content, high quality material, baby. So um, a lot of players are opting out right now in the NFL. So I'm going to do my best to kind of have those updated here for y'all. Uh, less than 40 days away from football. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts last year were 7-9. They were third in the AFC South. Their ho- head coach of Frank Wright, uh, a great head coach, is going into his third season with his entire staff coming back. Um, Frank Wright is um, part of that Philadelphia's um, Super Bowl run a couple years ago, I believe, in 2017 as the offensive coordinator. Um, what they did on offense last year, uh, it, it really interesting because, you know, it, points in the NFL, which was 16th best, middle of the pack. So yards per game was 327, 25th best in the NFL. Yards per game, 194, which was 30th in the NFL. And then their rushing attack, 133 yards on the ground, which was 7th best in the NFL. This team, you know, obviously a year ago, probably about this time, um, Andrew Luck, with the surprising uh, news that he was going to go ahead and retire, so their Jacoby Brissett or Jacoby Brisket, as we call, uh, as me and my friends like to call him, uh, thrusted into the starting role uh, once again. He led a really good team to seventy nine. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett. Uh, well, I'll kind of get into him in a little bit here in a second. Uh, he completed over sixty percent of his passes, threw for twenty nine hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, six interceptions. Sat 27 times. Um looking at this running game that was so good last year. They had they had really three guys, maybe sometimes at four, four guys toting the rock. As they say, uh Marlon Mack had over a thousand yards rushing. Yes, even Marlon Mack can get over a thousand yards rushing. Zeke. <clears throat> 11th best in the NFL, eight touchdowns. On the ground, Jordan Wilkins rushed for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. Nehemiah Haynes, uh, just a smidge under uh, 200 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and then had over 300 yards receiving. Uh, Looking at this receiving core, last year their leading receiver was Zach Pascal. 41 catches, 600 yards, five touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton, 45 receptions, 500 yards. Five touchdowns in only 10 games. Uh, Jack Doyle, 43 receptions, 448 yards, four touchdowns. And then uh, Eric Ebron um, had a a really good year a couple years ago. 31 catches, 375 yards, three touchdowns in 11 games. Looking at this defense, they allowed 23.3 points a game, which is 18th best. They 346 yards allowed total offense, 16th best, passing yards, 248.9 yards per game, 29th best in the NFL, and then allowed only 97.9 yards on the ground, which was 7th best in the NFL. 41 sacks, tied for 15. Justin Houston had 11. Darius Leonard, the maniac, had 5. they had 15 interceptions last year, which was 7th best in the NFL. Some key additions, of course, uh, obviously Philip Rivers signed a one-year deal for like $22 million. So he's going to need all 22 if he's going to move all 11 or 15 or 25 of his kids to Indianapolis from San y- or Los Angeles, San Diego area. They also traded for DeForest Buckner, defensive tackle. Which is the reason why they did not have a first round draft pick in this year's draft. They've also added Xavier Rhodes, Trey Burton, tight end. Just you know, the reason you know I I don't think Trey Burton is going to be anything spectacular this year, but just interesting to note, he was a part of that uh, Philadelphia team when they won a Super Bowl, so maybe a little bit of a Philly special coming. Uh, Some key losses: uh, Eric Ebron, Marcus Hunt, Brian Hoyer, Pierre Desir, cornerback who started. 16 games for them. So going into the Indianapolis draft um, It was really interesting because at that time they didn't know whether they were gonna have Phillip Rivers or not and then they go ahead and sign him So obviously no first-round picks for the Indianapolis Colts this year. So they started off in the second round Uh, Their first pick was Michael Pittman, Jr. wide receiver out of Southern California in the second round they drafted Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin. And I'm going to get into those two guys here in a little bit just because they are really, really exciting players. In the third round, they got Julian Blackman, a safety out of Utah. Fourth round, Jacob Eason, quarterback out of Washington. Fifth round, Danny Pincer, guard out of Ball State. Sixth round, Robert Winsor, defense tackle out of Penn State. And a couple more six-round picks, actually, is Isaiah Rogers, Quarterback out of UMass and a six-round pick in Desmond Patton, wide receiver out of Washington State. I actually got to see him play live in uh, the Alamo Dome a couple of years ago for the Malero Bowl. Uh, Washington State, Iowa State, really good game. Also, another six-round pick. Oh, four. So they had four six-round picks. They had four picks in the sixth round. Uh, Jordan Glasslow, linebacker out of Michigan. So, uh, kind of looking at this offense, you know, this is has already been graded one of the best offensive line groups in the NFL. I think they were ranked third by PFF uh, coming into this year. Uh, two solid tackles in Anthony Carzonzo. Uh, Braden Smith, a third-rounder, um, who came in that same draft that Quinn Nelson did uh, a couple of years ago, and Quinn Nelson might be the best uh, – you know, I don't know if he's the best guard in the game, but he is definitely one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL at the interior. They also have Ryan Kelly and then Mark Lulisky. Uh They've added some depth, obviously, with Danny Pincer in the draft. Looking at this tight end group, uh, this could be a really big year for Jack Doyle. You know, Phillip Rivers um, likes to throw to tight ends, and Jack Doyle, um, who I, I heard this from somebody, is a Uh, Antonio Gates at at the end of his career. (laughs) So uh, Jack, we'll look for him to have a big year uh, with Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers loves throwing to tight ends. Um, Just kind of looking at what he did with, like I said, Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry the last couple of years. Uh, We'll kind of get into Phillip Rivers here in a second. I I have a couple questions about him. Looking at this wide receiver group, uh, you know, T.Y. Uh, is such a great player when he can stay healthy, he's so explosive. He's, he's so good down the field. Uh, I just, you know, kind of like with the Texans, man. They had a lot of injuries at wide receiver and sort of the you know Indianapolis Colts, um, which is why I think they got Michael Pittman a bigger, more physical wide receiver. And Desmond Patton, too. I, I really like him. I got to see him play live. I've seen a couple of his games. Um, I think he can really play as well. And then Paris Campbell, uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts have kind of been raving about him this offseason as a guy who could be a potential breakout. So a really good-looking wide receiver group, Um, you know, T.Y. could just stay healthy, man. And that's the thing, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, um, you know, looking at this running back group, man, it is so good. They have maybe four or five guys who really tote the rock. Me and my hands, is kind of like that third down back, you know. Um, he could be really big in this offense just because of, you know, how many balls, you know, Phillip Rivers will throw to running backs in kind of a like check down position. And Marlon Mack, you know, who was really good last year, had a couple of small injuries, kind of kept him out of a couple of games. Uh, but then they go and add Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, who might be the most purest running back according to some uh, um, you know experts the best pure running back in college and they got him in the second round they actually traded up to get him so he's a guy that's probably gonna be on a lot of fancy football teams you're gonna have to draft him high and stash him on your roster and just kind of wait wait that out but this is gonna be a really good running attack and then you know looking at the quarterback group here. Uh, so, obviously, they drafted Jacob Eason. And I have this thing about these strong-arm quarterbacks that just kind of never pan out. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, like Zach um Christian Hackenberg. Uh, some of those guys just kind of never planned out. Jacob Eason kind of falls into that category. What's good is he doesn't have to play right away. Um, he's the third-string guy, so he's not even the backup. Jacoby Brissett... I was going to mention earlier, is a great backup. Um, He's a guy that can go in and and just possibly help you not lose games, if that makes sense. Um, Kind of like in that Tyrod Taylor kind of conversation, uh, along with some other guys. And then, like, Phillip Rivers, you know, I just – you know, Phillip Rivers, I think for him it was a smart decision to leave the AFC South just because – of uh, Patrick Mahomes and what he's doing in Kansas City, I think he comes to the AFC South, and um, he's on a really good running team that's going to be able to protect him. He's got some weapons. I know he likes to throw the bigger wide receivers, those jump ball type of guys, and that's what kind of Michael Pittman is. so but Philip Rivers, you know, has had so many opportunities and just couldn't capitalize in San Diego or Los Angeles. and you know, don't get me wrong. Phillip Rivers can throw with the best of them. He could still play at a really high level, but he's just kind of like a Jameis Winston to me. You know, not as obviously not as bad as uh, Jameis when it comes to like throwing interceptions, but just a guy, a guy who's like kind of forcing it at times. And um, you know, we just hope that, you know, here he can cut back on the uh, turnovers and just make the big plays that he needs to. Uh, A really good offensive group here all together, not going to lie. And then looking at the defense, um, you know, I look at this defense and just like uh, uh, a really solid group. Obviously, they added DeForest Buckner. And the reason why they did that was because, you know, of guys like Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, who are all in this division and they all want to run the ball. So DeForest Buckner comes in comes into a very similar defense, and is just going to stop the run. I worry about them getting pressure on quarterback. Justin Houston did have 11 sacks last year, uh, you know, but he is getting up there in age, and I just don't see them getting that type of pressure on the quarterback. You know, so looking at this linebacking core, you know, obviously Darius the Maniac Leonard is coming into his own as one of those really good young linebackers. Anthony Walker, also a really good linebacker. Um, he's actually a guy who's not really talked a lot about uh, just because of Darius Leonard. You know, and then looking at the secondary, um, Rakia Sin, Xavier Rhodes, Kenny Moore second, You know, these are just a lot of, like, you know, you know, other than Xavier Rhodes, these are, like, you know, a lot of guys we haven't even heard of. So I still have questions about this defense entirely. Malik Hooker had some moments last year. He was a guy that they were possibly thinking about trading. Kadari uh, Williams, um, a pretty good player. Um, you know, I just – I don't see this defense, you know – I like this defense better. Well, you know, I, I, I find it hard, you know – You know, I do like this defense better than the Houston Texans. Do I like it better than the Tennessee Titans? No. Do I like it better than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes. But like I said, um, I think they built this team to stop the run. Um, It's just going to be what they can do at the back end. If they can, you know, get enough pressure on these quarterbacks and, you know, create those turnovers to give the ball back to the offense. So this is going to be a team that's really going to be led by this run game. So as long as they can run the ball, which I think they will be, and they will be fine. Um, you know they should contend for the AFC South. Uh, I'm not picking them to win it, uh, just because of the continuity that the Tennessee Titans have, and I'm going to talk about them here in a little bit. But this is going to be a team once again uh, going against the Houston Texans, possibly playing for a wild card spot. Um, I've liked what they've done. I've liked the depth that they added the young players on offense. So look for them to be kind of a dark horse team. Like I said, they're just going to run the ball. There's going to be a no nonsense about this. And you know, it's a solid defense, not great. You know, we're just sometimes we look for those big names. And I don't know if they necessarily have that other than Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker. Oh, they do have DeForest Buckner. You know, I, I take that back. But um, you know, those guys that make the plays in the back end is going to be really crucial. Um, and you know, like I said, they just had a lot of really good draft picks that have turned out well, versus the Houston Texans that haven't had that many great draft picks, and you know that they're lacking in some of those positions. So, I still have questions about this defense. And for me, it's all about quarterback, running game, and defense. You know, and the Colts definitely have uh, one of those in the running game. Phillip Rivers, you know, yes, there is some familiarity with, you know, Frank Wright in his time with the Chargers. But at the end of the day, Philip sometimes gets like that gunslinger mentality and just starts to sling it too much. And, you know, obviously sometimes those turn into turnovers and big moments. And that's what he struggled with his entire career. So uh, I definitely really like what the, they have, though. A lot of good young players. I think, you know, maybe even after Phillip Rivers, you know, I'm looking at Jacob Eason, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Desmond Patton, um, and this young offensive line, you know, I think the the front staff, uh, the management has done a great job in building a really good roster. And so we'll see how this kind of turns out for them, you know. Um, That's really all I got for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Look for them to be a, a possibly a dark horse with Phillip Rivers, I, you know, like I said, they went seven and nine last year with Jacoby Brissett. They've improved their defense a little bit, so, you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch AFC South. Like I've done a lot of research on this AFC South, and I, 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 there's teams I, I like all three of these teams, you know, and I can't, I just can't seem to freaking pick one, you know. I just kind of wait and see how the you know season goes, but. Once again, guys, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Go for Two podcast. Um, Once again, please be safe out there, guys. Treat people with respect. Um, You just never know what they're going through and their every day. And just uh, be grateful. Um, Attitude with gratitude, as I'm trying to do better each and each day. Um, But yeah, guys, thank you all for listening and growing with me. Um, Keep keep listening. You know, if, if you're on your lunch break, this is a great little podcast to listen to in 15, 20 minutes tops. You know, get your football fix in. We're almost through this. As always, guys, just remember, go for two. How's it going, guys? Welcome to another episode of the go for Two podcast. I'm your host, Cargo, and we are breaking down the AFC South. Just got done with the Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that leaves the Cinderella story of last year's playoff, the Tennessee Titans. And before I get started, like I said, guys, Technical difficulties with my laptop, so I'm having to do the recording off my phone. So, low quality uh, audio, high quality content for sure. Uh, Once again, this is going to be really another interesting topic. You know, AFC South is just so tough. A lot of players are opting out, so I'm going to do my best to keep y'all updated with those. And less than 40 days away from football, so I better hurry, man. I'm just kidding. Uh, Let's go ahead and just jump right into it with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Last year, 79, second in the AFC South, um, made the playoffs in a wild card. They, de- they defeated the Patriots and sent Tom Brady. The, beat, the the loss was so bad to Mike Grable, former uh, Patriots player who played with Tom Brady. They sent him back into Tampa, and then they actually defeated the Ravens in the Divisional and played a really good game against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Conference Championship. Uh, just to lose to Patrick Mahomes in the the last drive of the game. So a lot of really good things for the Tennessee Titans going into this year. They are led by head coach Mike Vrabel, former linebacker for the New England Patriots. Uh, This is his third season as a head coach. Uh, You know, so looking at the offense and what they did last year, last year, 25.1 points a game, which was 10th best in the NFL. They averaged 362 yards of total offense, 12th best in the NFL, averaged about 223 yards passing, 21st best in the NFL, Uh, rush yards, 139.9, third best in the NFL. So this team was led by Marcus Mariota in the beginning of the season, benched after seven games uh, because of injury, I believe. And then. Ryan Tannehill, a guy that people ridiculed last year in the draft because they traded a six-round pick or something like that for him and how it paid dividends for them. Hey, no. Sorry, Tyson and is just acting up today, guys. Um, Oh, yeah, by the way, guys, it's uh, Friday, July 31st. Have a good Friday. Where are you at? here San Antonio. Cool. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. So, just kind of what he did last year in 12 games, completed over 70 percent of his passes, threw for 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions in a 12 game stretch. That is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Derrick Henry last year finally just kind of broke out. Uh. 1,500 yards, won the rushing title last year, averaged 5.1 yards a carry, 16 touchdowns tied for first on the ground with uh, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, averaged over 102 yards per game, first in the NFL. Also caught 18 balls for 206 yards, two touchdowns receiving. As for this receiving core, Led by rookie sensation out of old miss, AJ Brown. 52 catches, received 1,000 receiving yards, 24th best in the NFL, eight touchdowns, tied for ninth best. And he, the last four games of the NFL season, I believe he had four straight 100 yard receiving games. So he is also one of those fancy, uh, breakout potential players this year. Uh, Second-leading receiver, former first-round pick Corey Davis, 43 catches, 600 yards, two touchdowns. Juanu Smith, who comes in as the starting tight end this year, 35 catches, 439 yards, three touchdowns. On the defensive side of the ball, this was a pretty good defense for the most part. Uh, they average They allowed 20 points. 20.7 points a game, which was 12th best in the NFL. Averaged 359 yards, which was 21st best in the NFL. Allowed 255 yards, 24th worst in the NFL. And uh, allowed 104 yards on the ground, which was 12th best in the NFL. They had 43 sacks, 13th most in the NFL last year. Harold Landry the third, had 9.5. Uh, J.J. Correa, Gerald Casey, five. And Logan Ryan with four and a half sacks. Hey, look at that. Um, the interceptions, they had 14 interceptions last year, tied for fifth best in the NFL. Led by Kevin Bernard, five interceptions, which was tied for second most in the NFL. Malcolm Butler, keynote, uh, only played in nine games last year due to injury. Uh, you know, so some of the key additions... Um, They're not really additions. They just re-signed some important key players from last year. Uh, Quarterback Ryan Tannehill got paid. He's the ninth highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Ninth highest-paid quarterback in the NFL for 12 games last year. Might have been too early to pay the kid, Uh, maybe too much at that case. Uh, Derrick Henry got the franchise tag but then got paid. He's in the conversation for top five. Uh, highest paid running backs. And, um, you know, for me with Derek Henry, it's just always been, the talent has always been there. This guy is too big, too fast to not be great in the NFL. And, you know, year after year, I know I drafted him in fantasy hoping that he was just going to break out. And, you know, the way this team is built, um, you know, just kind of hard for him not to be successful in this offense, Uh, but finally got over that hump and kind of entered that superstar category. Uh, the biggest thing for him is if he could just be consistent. You know, it's hard enough just doing it one time, but to do it every single year, uh, so forth. They also added Vic Beasley, an edge rusher, Tyler Sambrilio, offensive tackle. Um, as far as what they lost, they lost Marcus Mariota. He's in uh, Las Vegas now with the Raiders. Delaney Walker retired. Jack Coughlin, um is off to Cleveland. Logan Ryan. Is a free agent. Gerald Casey is with the Denver Broncos. And Cameron Wake, I believe, is also a free agent. So, I really like what they did with their draft as well. Um, they drafted uh, positions of need. In the first round, they drafted Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia, which is really cool because Georgia had two offensive tackles taken in the first round with Andrew Thomas scoring fourth overall. Isaiah Wilson goes to that right – right side to replace Jack Coughlin, just like that. You know, they didn't, they're not going to skip a beat there on the offensive line. In the second round, they got Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU, a really good player in his own right. Was in the mix for that first round conversation. In the third round, they got Darrington Evans, running back out of Appalachian State. In the fifth round, they got Laurel Rutchkins and defensive tackle out of North Carolina state in the seventh round, they drafted Cole McDonald quarterback out of Hawaii. And then in the seventh round, they've also drafted Chris Jackson, a safety out of Marshall. Um, Once again, those first like two picks were just, I think, you know, out of the park, um, exactly what they needed. So once again, looking at this kind of this offense, um, You know, you've got Ryan Tannehill, your quarterback of the future, of the present right now. This is a four to five year window for them to kind of get it done. Um, I think they put themselves in a really good position. It's just Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry have had moments, but can they be consistent? And Ryan Tannehill, you know, I think now it's kind of like with Garner Minshew, people have tape on him. You know, they, they, they know what they're going to want to do on offense. So, Is he going to be able to, as he said before in some interviews, change some things on the offense? You know, obviously, they continue to need to give the rock to Derrick Henry. He needs to continue to be the vocal vocal point of this offense. This offense will literally be on his shoulders, his big, massive, strong shoulders. Ryan Tannehill, I just, I, I have a hard time seeing him do what he's going to do. What he did last year into this year you know like I said he's had his moments in Miami where he's flashed but he's you know once again a question mark quarterback in this NFC South man it makes it so tough you know I want to go Houston Texas because I'm a big believer in Deshaun Watson but I just think with what they have around Ryan Tannehill it's, it's going to be up to him and Derrick Henry uh, I like that one two combo I really do I I want the best for Ryan Tannehill. I don't want anything bad to happen to any player in the NFL. Let's just get that real. Let's just putting it out there. Um, I just, I have my questions and, you know, the fact that I keep hesitating on this guy, you know, it just, Hey, I'm just like, you got to prove it. And, you know, it's, and what I mean by prove it's just do it consistently over time, which is, I know you're asking, that's Carlos. Hey, that's, that's asking a lot brother, but you know, Hey, this is the NFL uh, not for long. Uh, So, Ryan Tannehill, you know, should improve this year. I don't know if the numbers are going to necessarily improve, but maybe the wins could improve um, this year. Uh, looking at this wide receiving core, it's going to be led by A.J. Brown. He's a stud. Corey Davis uh, kind of hasn't panned out, kind of like a D.D. D. Westbrook in a lot of ways. Um, high draft pick. Uh, just the production has not followed. Um Adam Humphreys, Jono Smith. John o. Smith is a specimen, to say the least. I think he's really good. Um, I think he could have a really good year in this offense. Um, I still think he's going to be maybe the second, third um, target on this offense, to be quite honest. Um, a really good offensive line led by Taylor Lewan and Isaiah Wilson, the book end tackles. Roger Stafford the third, Ben Jones and Nate Davis in that offensive line. Once again, everybody in the AFC South has a really good offensive line, so they're going to want to run the ball. I think the rest, the best running back is with the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry. I truly believe that how big and how strong he is. Um, you know, I, I, I have the Tennessee Titans as my favorite, but you know, looking at their roster, I still think they do have enough. To edge out the Houston Texans, you know it's it's a team sport. It's hard for one guy just to do it. And there's just already so many question marks with the tennis, uh, the Houston Texans, um, and the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is a really good defensive group together. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who came on uh, strong last year, um, real top five, top ten player in the draft, kind of fell a little bit just because of the injuries. You know, I'm, I'm looking at. Uh they did lose Jarrell Casey, who was a big, big key in that defense. So it's gonna be interesting how they replace him. As far as, you know, the edge rusher held Landry the third, uh really good edge rusher. We look for him to take the next step. Big Beasley Jr. is on a one year deal. Uh there's something going on with him in the news that he's not reporting to Cam quite yet, so We'll see how that kind of, you know, that's that's another thing that could hinder The smallest things are going to hinder this team because everybody is looking at them because of what they did last year and the Cinderella story that they had. And I don't think that Cinderella story is, is going to be necessarily uh, as easy as it is uh, last year. I think it's going to be a lot harder for them. Uh, two really good inside linebackers in Jalen Brown and Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans is the leader of that defense. He is a thumper. Um, he is a playmaker, a former Alabama linebacker there. Uh, it's a really good-looking secondary group. Um, they've had their question marks at times. Malcolm Butler looks to come back healthy, you know, with the Dory Jackson on the other side, and they added a veteran in Jonathan Joseph and then Christian Fulton. Uh, so I really like what they got going here with the quarterback position. Safety, uh, Kevin Bernard, and then, I uh, Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Kenny Vaccaro's had his moments as well too. So this is a good defense. Uh, I I think it's a really good defense. Not a great defense to be quite honest. You know, you even lost, you know, Logan Ryan, who was so good for them last year. Cameron awake, uh, you know, it's a solid group on the defense, just not a great one. Um, So, you know, a lot of question marks again with this AFC South, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, this is a a really tough one for me. Like I said, it's just kind of a wait and see. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Tennessee Titans as the favorite just because of the continuity they have on offense, but it's, it's a close race. And I, I think the the Houston Texans are right there behind them with the Indianapolis Colts third and Jacksonville coming in, uh, last in that regard. Um, yeah, it's what I got for the Tennessee Titans, man. You know, um, uh, they didn't do a lot in free agency. They just replaced some players, kind of. Um, I think that that loss on the defensive line with Darrell Casey and Cameron Wake is is a lot. And you know, like I said, Logan Ryan not coming back as well is gonna be a tough one. Um he's just so good and he's done so much for that community in Tennessee. Uh so Hey, wait and see. You know, that's what I got for the Tennessee Titans. Um, I this fight isn't the most positive one for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but I think overall they have uh more talent put together than the Houston Texans. They are healthier than the Texans, and then just you know, the Indianapolis Colts, it's you know, Phillip River is kind of a wait and see type of game there. Um yeah, once again, a really tough division. You know, Tennessee Titans, what they did last year in the playoffs was absolutely phenomenal. It's going to kind of be hard to come back from that and all those expectations. So a lot of guys got paid. So let's, uh, let's see how that turns out for them. And that that's really all I got for you guys with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, it's, it kind of sounds like I'm leading to the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. Maybe more with the Indianapolis Colts right behind them. Uh, Just, you know, it's – these divisions are just so tough, guys, because there's just so many what-ifs right now. But, um, yeah, look for this one to be the really interesting division, you know. Uh, That's pretty much all I got for you guys. Uh, I feel like I keep repeating myself. I should just end the podcast right here right now forever. Just kidding. More episodes soon to come, guys. Uh, We have one more division in the AFC if you've been following along, you know which one is coming up next. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And um, be safe during this pandemic, of course. Treat people with respect. leave with an attitude of gratitude. And always, always go for two, guys. Always go for two. Thank you, guys. Welcome in, guys, to another episode of the Go for 2 Podcast. I am your host, Cargo. Once again, we are breaking down the AFC South, baby. Uh, just a couple things before I go ahead and get started. Like I said in a couple of these other episodes, just the uh, audio isn't great just because my laptop isn't working, uh, but I'm just trying to do the best with what I have. I'm recording off my phone, so the audio might be kind of uh, not that great, but I promise you the content will be that much better, okay, guys? So, a lot of players are opting out due to the COVID-19 pandemic, rightfully so. Um, So, I'm going to do my best just to keep you all updated on that. And less than 40 days away from football, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, Once again, the AFC South, this episode we're doing the Jacksonville Jaguars, Saxonville, no more. Um, Like I said, with these divisional breakdowns, guys, we're going to look at each team, what happened last year. We're going to go over the numbers. See if we can get a better understanding and uh, look at see what they did in the offseason, whether it's uh, free agency, the draft, uh, trades, all that good stuff, and uh, kind of take a look into the crystal ball as far as twenty twenty and how the season looks. So the Jacksonville Jaguars ended the season at six and ten; they were last in the AFC South. Um, you know, like I said, this this team was six and ten, and they ended in the uh, last in the AFC South. So a very competitive division, even last year with. All the moving parts here in the AFC South. They're led by head coach Doug Marone. He's going into his fourth season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The offensive coordinator, uh, Jay Gruden, his first season. He was the former Reds. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to say that. Washington football team head coach. Uh, defensive coordinator, Todd Walsh. Seventh season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. His fourth as a defensive coordinator. de DeCamillis who has over 25 years of coaching experience, special teams, fifth season, uh, third under this uh, uh, head coach, Doug Marone. So always got to give some love to special teams uh, when we can here on the show. So some offensive stats from last year, not great. 18.8 points per game, 26th best in the NFL, 341 yards of total offense, 20th best in the NFL 235 yards through the air, 16th best rush yards, 106.8, 17th best. Um, Garner Minshew was their, uh, their their quarterback for the most part last year. Uh, completed just over 60% of his passes, threw for 3,200 yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's a great ratio for Garner Minshew uh, in 14 games. He also did have over 300 Uh, rushing yards on the ground Um, you know obviously with Nick Foles we'll kind of get to that here in a second Uh, Leonard Fournette last year 1100 yards rushing which was actually seventh best in the NFL three touchdowns on the ground had over 100 receiving targets 76 receptions 500 yards zero touchdowns receiving okay Uh, So, looking at the uh, wide receiver core, kind of from last year, DJ Clark Jr. had over 118 targets, 73 receptions, went for 1,008 yards, 27th best in the NFL, 8 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns tied for ninth most in the NFL. Chris Connolly, 90 targets, 47 receptions, 775 yards, 5 touchdowns. And DJ Westbrook, 101 targets, 66 receptions. Six hundred six yards, three receiving touchdowns. Uh, the defensive stats from last year, they gave they up 24.8 points a game, 21st best in the NFL, 375 yards of total offense, 24th best in the NFL, passing yards 236.1, 16th best in the NFL, and yards on the ground 139.3, 28th best in the NFL. They did have 47 sacks last year, tied for 7th best. Uh, Josh Allen, 10.5 sacks as a rookie. Yannick Ngakwe, 8 sacks. Calais Campbell, 6.5 sacks. Uh, 25 interceptions last year for them. Some key additions they've made. uh, Tyler Eifert, Rashad Melvin, and Joe Sherbert. Shelbert, sorry, the line, Sherbert, Showbert, the linebacker, formerly of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, some key losses. Uh, Nick Foles was actually traded to the Chicago Bears. Uh, great, so he's going to be a starter somewhere else now. Marcel Darius, defensive tackle. Kelvin Smith, the really athletic linebacker. I uh, decided to retire. Um, AJ Boye, AJ Boye, corner, was traded to the Denver Broncos. Calais Campbell traded to the Ravens. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey last year traded to Los Angeles Rams. They also lost Barry Church, a leader in the back end. So going into this draft, let me tell you, Jacksonville, uh, 12 picks total, which tied for first with the uh, New England Patriots. So really quick, they had two picks in the first round and then three in the fourth round. Okay, so... Kind of like a little bit of a rebuilding here in Jacksonville, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I really liked what they did on the draft. Uh, So in the first round, they actually had – they picked ninth overall. They selected C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. And in the fourth round, their 20th pick from the Rams for the Jalen Ramsey trade, Kavon Kissums, edge rusher from – LSU, the national champions, LSU, in the round, second round, they got Siobhan Sultan, Sultan, Sultan I, don't, I knew how to say his name before we started, but here we are, you know who I'm talking about, uh, wide receiver out of Colorado, this was a guy who uh, was a first round talent, fell to them in the second, great pick for them, Uh, to add to an amazing wide-receiving core, man, young wide-receiving core. In the third round, they selected Devon Hamilton, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. In the fourth round, their first pick, Ben March, offensive tackle at St. John's. He's the guy known for making that smoothie during the NFL Combine. I think it had, like, peanut butter, oatmeal, bananas, fruit, and then, like, Gatorade. Yeah, it was some crazy stuff just so he can – Gain some weight. Uh, hey, I love the dedication, big guy. Keep doing it, man. Uh, and also in the fourth round, they also got another corner, Josiah Scott out of Michigan State. I actually got to see him play a couple times, not in real life, but I've watched some of his game tape. Shaquille Quarterman, linebacker out of Miami. In the fifth round, Daniel Thomas, safety out of Auburn. In the fifth round, another wide receiver, and Colin Johnson from UT. Uh, In the sixth round, they got Jake Luton, quarterback out of Oregon State. In the sixth round, they got Tyler Davis, tight end out of Georgia Tech. And in the seventh round, Chris Claybrooks, corner out of Memphis. So three corners total. They drafted uh, very well, like I said, two starters on defense. Um, You know, obviously, I'm going to kind of get to that just here in a second. Um, I really liked listening to Fred Taylor's uh, interview. Uh, He works for the Jacksonville Jaguars as a uh, a radio analyst for them. Um, Talked a lot about, you know, um, some of these guys having to step up like Leonard Fournette. And, you know, there was the Cam Newton saga, which I know why they did it. Um, Essentially, looking at this quarterback position, I'm so glad they got rid of Nick Foles. Um, I think Nick Foles just had some really good moments. Once again, he I think Nick Foles is just a backup quarterback with, you know, guys I've mentioned before. And Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, RG3. And um, so now that he's gone, you know, they paid him a lot of money. In, in, in just a couple games, he got hurt. You know, and then when he came in, he didn't play well. Shocker. Uh, What did you expect? They thought, you know, with this guy, they were going to go to the Super Bowl and everything came crashing down for them last year and maybe the worst way possible. So looking at this season, you know, Garner Minshew, what he did last year was absolutely amazing. Um, I think somebody said it. Hey, I'm all for it. The guy drafted in the fifth, sixth round as a quarterback, you know, climbing his way to the starting role, winning some games and playing very well and kind of just with that charisma, you know, and, and, you know, we get so caught up with some of these quarterbacks, you know, they're, they're, they're confident, but sometimes over cocky. And I think Gardner Minshew is just confident. I just think he knows who he is and he has fun and he plays with fun. You know, a lot of the plays he made last year were exciting plays and, you know, he had his not so great moments and, you know, he's a young player and he's still learning to grow. So I really like him this year. I think a lot of teams will have him kind of figured out because before they didn't have tape on him, so now they're going to have a little bit of tape on you, Garner. Are you going to be able to, you know, take that next step and uh, possibly make this team a competitive team? Because there's still a lot of talent here uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So with them, quarterback, I know there, you know, there's a possibility of uh, tanking. Trevor Lawrence I don't think they're necessarily going to tank but if they end up with the first pick you know I wouldn't be surprised they're projected to actually have the first pick Uh, but we'll see what Garner Minshew has to say because like I said I think they're going to be a lot tougher on the kid this year Leonard Fournette, a guy who I thought was going to get traded before the uh, NFL uh, deadline in the draft didn't get traded he comes back they added Chris Thompson to that running back course so he's you know, I, I'm thinking even Leonard probably takes another step back. He's one of those guys that uh, needs to kind of step up and, you know, be that big play guy. There was just too many plays last year where uh, I think he only averaged uh, two yards to carry on first down, you know, which says a lot about the offense. But, you know, too, at the same time, Leonard Fournette, how big and how fast he is, uh, also had some injuries last year, got kicked out of the game for throwing a punch, too. So a lot of question marks with Leonard Fournette um, and he's behind a really good offensive line. You know, they didn't play exceptional last year, but I think there's a lot of good spots and Juwan Taylor, a, a second round pick from a year ago, AJ Can, Brandon Linder, Andrew Noel and Cam Robinson are really, I think it's solid group altogether. And this wide receiving core is really something special. DJ Clark Jr. is uh, on a lot of fancy football boards. Hey, no, sorry, it's Tyson. He's about to destroy something. I can tell. I can see it in his eyes. Um, you know, looking at this wide receiving core, really good, very talented, you know, a lot of depth. You know, I think there's something to build here either with Garner Minshew or whoever the quarterback is of the future. Uh, Chris Conley, you know, uh, has his moments. DD Westbrook was supposed to be the breakout player, had a really good season last year. Uh, you know, maybe in this year he kind of comes into his own. A former second round pick out of Oklahoma. Chavalt uh, out of Colorado could be in the mix, and even Colin Johnson out of UT. Uh, a really good young receiving core. I like to see what they're going to do here in the future. And then they also added Tyler Eifert, who could be a big addition for them on offense. Uh, defense is probably really where they have a lot of question marks, a lot of turnover. With the type of turnover they have, it's going to be hard for them to be competitive. And then with this kind of a pandemic going on, it's less rest for these young guys. Uh, but they have an absolute stun in Josh Allen, whom I remember a couple of years ago, you know, fell uh, to seventh overall, you know, and this is the guy who could have been the second player taken in that draft. So um, something good to build on. I don't think Yannick and Gokwe will be on the team uh, this coming year which is why I think they drafted Javon Kissums to be that edge rusher opposite of Josh Allen. Um, Al Woods is one of those guys who's opted out of the uh, 2020 season. So another player out. They've got a lot of depth here at this position with Tavon Bryant, Davion Hamilton, a guy they drafted in the third round of Ohio State, Rodney Gunter, Aubrey Jones. Uh, This is a pretty good uh, uh, Aaron Lynch, another edge rusher who could possibly come in and this, this is going to be a really good group to look at. I think this is kind of going to be the um, possibly the strength of this defense and who can uh, merge opposite Josh Allen on the defensive line in the linebacking group. Um, I'm looking at, you know, miles Jack who's just been an absolute stud. Um, he's coming back from an injury. Joe Schobert, He comes over from Cleveland. He was dealing with some injuries. Uh, last last year as well. Um, he's kind of been in and out of the lineup. Uh, this is a good guy, when healthy, can have over 120 tackles easily. And then they added Connor Marsh, Cadius Marsh also. Um, really good uh, depth behind them. They have Quincy Williams, Leon Jacobs, and Shaquille Quarterman, a guy they drafted out of uh, Miami, who's a thumper of a linebacker, and also former Last Chance U star Dakota Allen as well. So I like the linebacking group as well. I I do believe in this front seven, uh, just a lot of youth, man. And then in the back end, they have C.J. Henderson, who I think will be a baller uh, in the future. It's going to be kind of hard for him to really make an impact this first year. I think him and Jeff Okuda are very similar. So, you know, with the uh, Trey Herden, a guy they had on the roster last year, stepped up. They've added Rashad Melvin. They have a lot of young guys in that corner group. The safety, Rodney Harrison, a thumper. Gerard Wilson, a really good young player. Daniel Thomas, a rookie out of Auburn as well, just to kind of finish up that defense. And um, like I said, just too much turnover for me and the Jacksonville team. A lot of young guys, no more big names. You know, obviously, you know, it's hard to lose both starting corners from a year ago. Uh So too many questions there. You know, they've lost uh Telvin Smith also to retirement, who's really good. So Miles Jack will have to just do a little bit more and, and Josh Allen. But I think the nucleus they have here is really good. They've got really good young players at key positions, you know, corner, linebacker, defensive end. They've got a solid offensive line, really good wide receivers. Leonard Fournette, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him, and then Garner Minshew. Um, this is the team that's just going to you know, rally behind Garner, I believe it, and they're all just going to play hard. You know, A lot of young guys, guys got to step up. Some guys have to step up and uh, we'll see how it goes for Jacksonville, who um, will be doing very well the next couple of drafts uh, as well. So, Unfortunately, I don't have the Jaguars uh, getting into the wild card. I don't see them going. I think they're going to be a, kind of a uh, a team that just goes out and is just competitive every single week. Um, guys just trying to earn their spot and maybe not even on this team, but for a different team in the years to come. So that's really all I got for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, as always, guys, thank you all for tuning in you know be safe out there with this whole pandemic still going on and um treat people with respect treat them the way you'd like to be treated um serve with an attitude of gratitude as always um just remember if you're even kind of just thinking about it just go for two baby that's all I got thank you guys yeah guys i just wanted to come on here real quick you know kind of looking at the afc south as a whole and you know, kind of backtracking a little bit, kind of the things I talked about. I wanted just to, I don't know how to say this, but not that I'm wrong. It's, you know, you're just making opinions based off information that you have in front of you. And I think the biggest thing for me is just looking at this AFC South just a little bit more. I've come to just realize that, I have to go with my gut as much as, you know, I want to give uh, Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts credit for what they've done in the offseason. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going to go have to go ahead and stick with my gut and just the Houston Texans are, I think are the team to be in the AFC South until, you know, the Tennessee Titans can, you know, take the reins and the Indianapolis Colts can do what Philip Rivers wants them to do. So um, I, I'm just going with the quarterback that I trust the most. I think it's a quarterback league. Whoever has a better quarterback has a better chance of winning. And um, I truly believe that Deshaun Watson will have a MVP-type season. And he is just a guy that I've seen elevate players around him. And I think that's what he's going to do. If the guys could just stay healthy on offense, uh, this could be uh, really something special. just kind of want to add this little snippet to the end. So uh, I am going out here on the record saying – that I'm taking the Houston Texans to win the AFC South, and it's going to be an interesting battle with the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to have to give uh, the Indianapolis Colts just a little bit of an edge um, over the Tennessee Titans, but just by a hair, really. Uh, once again, guys, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, always, always go for two.